Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling and you're one of them you know all the bad shit you heard about us it's all true but another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling and that's why we're here i'm not sports entertainment anymore talk to him kid this is our new beginning and it starts tonight a new day is dawning for tx so who you're talking to Hey there, what's up, Xbox 12360 fans? We're coming at you with a brand new episode, something very, very special today. Joey Ryan will be joining us in studio. That's right, he's going to be sitting right here with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're also covering the week's top pro wrestling news headlines. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Christy Olson, and over here on the couch, we've got Jimbo. What's up, Christy? Devil in a blue dress over there. Hey. Oh, I like that. Switching it up. And Mark's in the booth. How are you, Mark? Absolutely fantastic. Happy Wednesday to everybody out there. So excited to have Joey in studio. Yay! Let's just say happy hump day since it's Joey Ryan that's coming in. (laughs) And you all know the man sitting here right next to me, the legend, the one and only... Sean X-Pac Waltman. Hey there. Hello. How y'all doing? Great. Good Welcome to see back, you. man. Me too. I mean, I already know how you're doing because we talked before we went on there. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? Great. How was your trip? It was, It was for the most part, it was good. It was really good. It just, I had to say goodbye to my, my oh. doggy. I'm not sure when I'm going to see her again. Oh, oh it was heartbreaking. Oh. But, well, so you were on the East Coast for mm, some signings, is that right? For the big event in New York City at uh, LaGuardia, or it was a, the Plaza in LaGuardia, it's called. And, uh, okay, Mike Tyson was there, uh, Dennis Rodman was there, Billy Gunn and myself. Uh, I, I mean, I ran it. Oh, you know who I ran into, I was telling you? And it was so good to see this guy. Mm-hmm. Steve Mongo McMichael, I told you guys earlier. Yeah. It's just one of my favorite guys from from the from the WCW days. Just a, such a super super good guy. Yeah. Crazy! What a wild guy he is. <laughs> and I told him Still? this, and I like I was I was telling y'all um, when I saw him, I'm like Mongo. It's so good to see you alive. I, I bet you're saying thinking the same thing about me. <laughs> and it really is. And he's doing really good. So, That's good to yeah. hear. What do you talk about when you run into somebody like that? Ooh, that's a good question. I I guess it there it was mostly just pleasantries and you know yeah. I'm so good to see you because there's so many people there and like I got in it was probably uh, you know eleven o'clock at night and oh. you know when I go get in the lobby everybody's in the bar Tito Ortiz is there. Um, oh my God! There's just so many people. There were so many people. Yeah, it really was the big event. There's yeah. I got. Everyone I sat there. and talked to Christian for a while, 
until I forget. Oh, the guy Vince Vince Russo's guy that the guest Booker. Yes, remember I was telling you about him earlier. <laughs> yes, I've had yeah, some he ruined our conversation. I, I I don't think he realized it, but. <laughs> You know. Well, you'll be talking to him again, so I'm sure he'll be glad to hear that. I'm talking about, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, glad you had a good time. It was it was really good. You said you saw Marty Janetti's. I did. I saw Marty, and it's funny because we were talking about him with Luke, mm-hmm. and uh, Marty is doing better and better than I had seen him, and you know, in quite a while. That's great. So yeah, and Marty's you know, Marty's closer to sixty than he is fifty, mm-hmm. and he does, and all the things he's been through and put himself through gotta say he looks pretty damn good you know I mean his ankles all messed up and that but yeah but he looks good he did he did Did I have to tell him him. I did yeah and he's still out and about and functioning and doing these kind of signings and shows which is a good sign at least he's not turning those down because he doesn't want to be seen by fans and yeah. mm-hmm. get that like oh man have sure. you seen what Marty Jannetty looks like yeah. it's like oh man Marty Jannetty looks awesome what? well there must have been a ton of fans there with all those names I mean did you meet like a million billion people yeah and and the, okay here's the problem the way the the way the venue is set up it's mm-hmm. in the hotel and all the different ballrooms and everything and there was so Many people. I mean, there was the crowd was so big, mm-hmm. and there were so many people that everyone wanted to get a chance to see that a lot of people I don't think could see everyone they wanted to. They just didn't have enough time, oh, wow. you know, because we're there for like three hours. It, it works like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, some people that are that bring themselves and stay the whole day, but then you're sitting there, and sometimes there's nobody coming up, and you just look. It, it's not a good look. You know, visually, you know, the wrestler. It's that yeah. Mickey it's Rourke. Like the scene yeah. The wrestler. yeah. I would yeah. imagine that whole situation I, being a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't do it. I, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. When it's over, it's over. Do you pick where you want to sit to? Like, because you said you sat next to Rodman. Yeah, that's so just how they sat. Did they strategically us. place, like, no. here, here are the NWO guys? No. Nope. No? No, that's just how it was. That's a good spot to be. I'm it sure. was all right. Yeah, it was fine. There wasn't, I mean, like I said, it was just okay. The main room where they have all the you know the guests that they bring in. We we were vendor guests. Okay. Most of most of the guests are vendor guests. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. So like a, a vendor will, will buy table spot, sure. and then they bring in whoever they want to bring in to sell. Exactly. Eight by tens or wow. There's a lot of hands in the pot. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like yeah. Sure. There is, and and you know when a vendor brings a guest, uh, a guest like myself or uh, Billy Gunn and myself or for these folks um they're taking a risk because we're not coming in you know to get on an airplane for me to go get on an airplane i have to have a certain amount of money and obviously i mean that's just how it is and and so they're on the line for and so they deserve to make they deserve to make a profit Mm -hmm. and i i want to see everyone that brings me in make money that's right (laughs) and they did they were very happy well, there we go. Mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you made a lot of fans' day too. And I and they made mine. That's they did cool. because um, it, it's really. It, eh, I don't mean to sound corny, but it's 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 always really good. And even if you're in a bad mood, mm-hmm. that type of thing is what you know puts me in a good mood. Cool. It's, it is cool. Aww, it's nice. Like fun. I love it. 
Love it. Well, if you guys don't want to miss any of these convos, all the juicy behind-the-scenes tidbits you get from Sean and the rest of us here at Xbox One Two Three Sixty, make sure that you subscribe to the show. We're on YouTube and iTunes. Please like, rate, comment, subscribe. Leave us a review and let us know what you think about the show. We love to read those, and we do read them all. We see them. We see you, and we appreciate it. So please like, rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, and check out all of our past episodes. This is number 27, so lots of good stuff there to entertain you. And on that note, I think maybe it's time for some X-Pac 12360 News of the Week. X-Pac 12360 Wrestling News. Everybody's talking about WWE Fastlane, which went down this last Sunday in Milwaukee. And Goldberg scored the title. He won his title bout against Kevin Owens, and he is taking the Universal Championship to WrestleMania for his matchup against Brock Lesnar. So he got his custom title plates couple oh, of yeah. days ago, WWE.com has that exclusive. And that's not all that went down to Fastlane. Charlotte's 16 pay-per-view winning streak was ended by Bayley with a little help from Sasha Banks. Braun Strowman's winning streak also over, thanks yeah. to Roman Reigns. So uh, it definitely uh, threw a, a roadblock up on the road to WrestleMania, oh, although, although I it can, was Fastlane. Uh, the- the, the internet wrestling well it's everybody's the internet wrestling community now because <laughs> yeah. if you like wrestling and I mean I don't know anyone that's not on the internet mm-hmm. so the whole IWC thing the internet wrestling community moniker I just don't think it applies anymore because I think it applies to everyone now yeah, but right. I, I tons of people not happy about this pay-per-view tons of people are and I think just I think that's just gonna be the reality of the situation, you know, for somebody's when you when you when you're trying to make such a huge, uh, you know, like cross section of people of happy, yeah. But all the people like that make up the WWE universe mm-hmm. are so like they have such different tastes. Not everybody universally likes one guy, mm-hmm. and so like, all right, there's the older people that are happy that Goldberg won, and there's the younger, you know, generation of fans. That are just furious by it. And I understand both. And both need to understand like, the other mad. side. They're like too mad. Sure, <laughs> sure. And uh, uh, and I get it. I totally understand. And I've been that guy, mm-hmm. you know, that's been, that's resented the older guys. And that's just kind of the way it happens. And pr- one day... Kevin Owens and all these guys, they're going to be the older guys that are getting <laughs> that are getting the, you know, part-time deals and the in the, you know, come back. Get come the back. Title. Yes, yeah. that's just how it works in wrestling. It and and I get it. Mm-hmm. I do understand. And you know, it's easy to come for me sometimes to come on and just, you know, uh you know, Rain. crap on somebody's opinion or point of view, but really, I mean, everyone, you know, Everyone's entitled to theirs. They are. Yeah. Absolutely. And, they and are. everyone invests their time and uh and that into watching the product and some people invest their money. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, I get it. But everyone has to try to realize that it's not gonna be all your way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. The WWE and maybe never. Maybe sometimes never. Mm-hmm. Well, the ratings for Raw were up. They had a great rating on this week sure. right after the show. So yeah. What does that tell you? Right. Exactly. Mission accomplished, once again. 
Let's move on and talk about an update from last week. We know that Matt and Jeff Hardy have left TNA, now Impact Wrestling, and the update is that Matt Hardy has filed for a trademark on his name. He's filed to trademark Broken Matt Hardy for entertainment purposes with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. This is very official, people. And this would go to, I mean, he can use it for anything. And his Impact deal that he had, there's some controversy here. He says that that deal gave Impact the ability to profit off anything that was already filmed having to do with any gimmick he used while he was there. But that once he had left there, that that was over. They dispute that and say absolutely not. They claim the current deal specifically states that their company owns all IP creations. So it looks like they're gearing up for maybe a court battle or a fight on this one. Maybe. I want want to believe that that Matt and... and Whoever was, uh, you know, working his deal out with him were smart enough uh, to dot all the eyes. To yes, come on. You would think so. Yeah, he's been doing this for so long. Look, yes, and and uh, creatively, that's one hundred percent a creation of Matt Hardy's. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone for, knows yes, that. Yes, come on, impacted wrestling. Give me a break. Come on, you guys. <laughs> Hmm. Props for the new logo, though. The, the no, better yeah. one. Oh, getting the Woodsy the Owl off? The first new logo. <laughs> Taking Woodsy the Owl off? Yeah. Well, you know the deal gone. behind that? I heard, I found out. It's kind of weird. Well, like, they said people complained, and so they made the new one. Well, What's you, the real but, story? Do you know how, like, apparently, like, Anthem is, well, Anthem is the name of a Rush album. Uh-huh. And uh, there's, like, on the cover of the album, there's, like, this, the big owl. owl. Yeah, something like that. Okay, well, they should have explained that thoroughly, because that's kind of cool. And then everyone would have gotten it. I don't know. I don't know how cool that is. I don't know how cool it is. It depends on who you ask. Well, the owl they chose didn't look very rock and rolly. Not really. No. Because I was like, is that an eagle or an owl or what? You know, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And does it symbolize, it's you know, the new wisdom? It's that they're going to debut oh. in the video game. Huh. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Well, they are looking, like we said last week, they say they're talking to a lot of young, new, fresh talent that they're signing. And we have seen that kind of happening over the last week or so. Yeah. So. Caleb Conley just got signed. He's he's been there for he's been there for a while, but he took on the character, the mass character, suicide. Yeah, and it was it was revealed that Caleb Conley is suicide. So congratulations to him. He's a great guy. Have uh, a chance to see him backstage in Portland a lot. Oh, so good. so glad to see he's doing great. And now let's move on to some sad news. Ron Bass has passed away at the age of 68. PW Insider says that this was due to complications from a ruptured appendix that he didn't actually know he had. He waited about a week to receive medical information and then or attention and then was unable to recover from that. So we all know him as the multi-time NWA champion. He was also involved in the inaugural Royal Rumble match. I know you, Sean, have a lot of great memories of watching him. His last official match took place in 2005. Our Condolences to his family. Yeah, my one of like one of my very early childhood memories was the the big angle where he he was supposed to be childhood friends with Dusty Rhodes, and he was. Uh, and I tweeted this out uh, last night when I found out he Ron passed away. Um, it was a world title match: Harley Race versus Dusty Rhodes with Cal. Cowboy Ron Bass, as he was called back then, as the special ref, and and he screwed Dusty out of the title, and they had this big 
you know, this big angle they shot in in the studio at Sportatorium for TV, and I showed Jimbo the clip, and uh, it was amazing. It was great. So raw. Yeah. And just like raw emotion to where camera shots and lighting doesn't even matter. You are just in it. Like, oh, oh man, yeah. this is real. It felt real, right? Sla- yeah, when yeah. he slaps Dusty, and Dusty gets up and is like, no other man would walk away from something like that. Oh, it, it really, yeah. oh. And, and, um, and uh, Ron was a multi-time, like, NW- he was a regional NWA champion, not like the world champion, obviously, but uh, uh, he was a a real solid guy. Like he made he he was the top heel in Florida, and you know then he went on to uh, uh, Mid Atlantic area, and, you know North Carolina. Uh, he had some success there, and, and ended up in WWE, like just about everyone else did. <laughs> you know, he had a cup of coffee or two in WWE. <laughs> so uh, uh, condolences to his family, obviously. I, I and I was a huge fan of Cowboy Ron Bass. So. Yeah, well, it's cool Sucks. to hear your memories of watching him. Yeah. Yeah. And now on to another Hall of Fame inductor, inductee. Just just play the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Rude, the ravishing one, will be joining Kurt Angle, DDP, Beth Phoenix, and the Rock and Roll Express as a member of the 2017 WWE Hall of Fame. The former IC champion is known for his time during the 80s. He also co-founded Degeneration X. I think we know somebody else who was involved in that. And of course, Ricky Steamboat will be inducting him into the Hall of Fame. Steamboat says he's in the process right now of preparing that speech and that it will be very heartfelt. He's honored to do that. So, of course, the Hall of Fame goes down at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida on Friday. I hope WrestleMania Ricky weekend. wears tights that have Rick Root's face on them. That's, oh, that's what I want to see. With a tux coat? Yeah. Yes. I love it. S- something. Or Genius. like at the end of his speech, he just rips his pants off and he has the Rick Root tights on <laughs> and he does the little Rick Root hip <laughs> swivel. That would be amazing. I love I never, it. I never knew Rick very well, but, you know, we were all, uh, well, I'm not originally from Minnesota, but, you know, it was my home for a long time and I consider it my home. Hometown, but you can uh, claim it. Okay. I do, yes. <laughs> um, Kurt Henning and and Rick Rude were extremely close. Mm-hmm. They're they're all Robinsdale guys, and I feel like I knew Rick just from listening to uh, all the stories from Kurt. Just one of the really really tough, rugged guys in wrestling, and I, it, you know, even though he did the you know shake shake your hips. You know, Chippendale thing. The swivel. I, yes, I'm pretty sure it was obvious that he was one bad son of a bitch at the same time. I'm pretty sure that came through, and he was a great worker too. And he he wasn't a technical like wizard. Like you know, he weren't going to see him do a bunch of wrestling moves. But he was a great worker in the ring. Fantastic. He had everything. He had the look. He had, he was great on the mic. He could wrestle, and his his costume i guess you would say his gear was just so over the top and different from everyone else yeah. and really reflected like the airbrush of the 80s mm-hmm. oh so good he was awesome and you know i remember one time there was a situation where in wcw i wasn't there mm-hmm. but it was after i went back to wwe and and rude had gone you know oh the his, whole, like yeah the, the, big the, two, the two show yeah well 
Big Show was like screwing around arm wrestling. I guess he arm wrestled with Scott Norton a little bit. Who's a legit arm wrestler? Yeah, yeah. and 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 Rick Rude. Oh, and really? he said that Rick, well, both of them were legit mm-hmm. arm wrestlers. Like, Rude was a national champion and Scott Norton world champion. Wow. And I heard he's getting back in the co- competing now. That's so cool. Yeah. But uh, Big Show said that, that uh, Rude gave him just as much of a hard time. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. He just always looked like a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. All and right. Pretty Good. popular with the ladies as well. <laughs> and so many people have been saying, you know, oh my God, it's way long overdue for Ravishing Rick Group. Absolutely. It Absolutely, it is. And this has been your X Pac 12360 News of the Week. I'm Christy Olson, the AfterBuzz TV Managing Editor and Chief Correspondent of our Pro Wrestling News Division. And we will be right back with in studio Joey Ryan is joining us. Don't go anywhere. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of one man's midlife crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360. Joining us now in studio, he co-founded the Notorious Pro Wrestling Gorilla, where he also held the PWG World Championship and won the Battle of Los Angeles in 2010. He's teamed with Carl Anderson, scoring the NWA Tag Team titles, and was one half of that 70s team on Wrestling Society X. His lustrous career also includes memorable stints in TNA, Ring of Honor, and Lucha Underground. He, in total, he has racked up over 50 championship wins. You could say he has this business by the balls. Joining us now is Joey Ryan. That was, that was good. Christy. made me feel a lot more successful than I think I am. Like, <laughs> hey, 50 belts. Yeah, that right. writes itself. Yeah. She's good at that. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I was like, oh, well, I have done a lot. She yeah. gives really good intro. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's your gift for coming here all yeah, the way and yeah, joining us in, in North now, Hollywood. Now I'm super confident about this. I feel <laughs> like I can handle this. Well, all right. So now's a loaded question. How'd uh, you do it? Uh, how did I, what, win 50 titles? All of the above. Uh, I guess. Well, you know, I actually beat Joey for one of those titles. Uh-oh. Yeah. Was it the Iron Man Championship? Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, the, the old DDT Pro Iron Man 24-7 championship. Uh, it's defended under 24-hour rules like the old uh, WWF hardcore title. Oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you did you did beat me for that. in the. You actually beat me in the ring, which is not something that happened a lot. A lot of it was backstage. I think right. you lost it backstage, but I think I you did. beat me in the center of the ring for yeah, it. Yeah, they used the vi- High Times used the video of that for an ad <laughs> for the people, for the vaporizer. Uh, I was using we should, that did video. we get money for that? So we, I feel like we should have got money for that. <laughs> Not a dime. But that, but that vaporizer company sent me a nice oh, care package. As long as you got something out of it, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Made it worth it. Yeah. Made it all worth it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off on the lawsuit just as long as they take okay. care of you. Yeah. Damn, man. Hey, thanks for coming on, Joey. Uh, I'd, I'd do anything for you, Sean. Oh, really? Am I anything? To call you Sean? Is it Sean? Yeah, is it can... X-Pac? Joey, we've known each okay. other a long all time. Right. You can call me Well, I don't know if the home audience is, you know, I don't know. They know. They know my real name. All right, all right. Somebody actually came up to me the other day and went, aren't you Sean Waltman? Really? 
No, a lot of people do that. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But I used to think, eh, nobody's going to really like, yeah. you know, Sean Waltman. That's just sounds, yeah. ugh. But anyways, it's not about my name. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. Well, speaking no, of your name, do you want to talk about when you used to work at Blockbuster? And I, how do you remember the story? <laughs> because oh, on, I'll Joe. never forget this story. Uh, I, I mean, I, don't, I, I guess Blockbuster doesn't really exist anymore. So no, they really can't. Tell, they tell really can't. They really can't come after me. Uh, I, when I was uh, younger, uh, seventeen maybe, seventeen, eighteen, I had a job at Blockbuster Video, and. Uh, uh, we used, me and my coworkers used to make like dummy accounts so we can like do some uh, <laughs> underhanded tactics. <laughs> and I always used the real names of my favorite wrestlers, and I definitely had a Sean Waltman fake account. And uh... how many? How much money do I owe Blockbuster? <laughs> well, I don't think it was actually linked to you, but I mean, okay. <laughs> you probably yeah. So uh, we used to have some dummy accounts, and I used to, Very cool. always used, my friends would use like movie character names, like really rare movie character names, and I would always use the real names of rest- my favorite wrestlers. So awesome. I always love hearing stuff like yeah, that. Great. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you remember that. Dude, well, you told that on a, we were driving to Vegas and we were just talking uh, about like shitty jobs we used to have, yeah. and he was telling that story and all the stuff he used to take for a blockbuster. Yeah, and I was like, man. "This is amazing." I feel like there's some corporate blockbuster head that still exists somewhere in the world that's gonna like come after come me one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joey. When did we first meet? Was it at the dojo? Uh, it would have been at the dojo, dojo cuz that would have been probably what 2006 maybe. No, it was before that. Before that. Like oh, I Oh yeah, oh, four, oh, four is when I came in to the I started loosely training at the dojo. Like by 06 I was kind of a, a mainstay there, but yes, we probably would have been 04. Yeah. So here yeah. in LA? Yeah. yeah, and and was that around the same time? Or when did when did you get involved with starting PWG? PWG's first show was in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been around that same time. It's just like I'm thinking about this right now. Yeah. Okay. PWG, you won the Bola Battle of Los Angeles, and now you've gone from one extreme and in, in like in you know in the ring to the other. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's been a. Uh, but I feel like you know, and you you you, you know you've done it. You yeah. know you have to like uh, evolve and change. And sure. You can't. I mean, you can get away with doing the same thing for a while, but eventually, you know, you have to kind of change it up a little bit, even if it's the same character the same kind of i guess shtick you do you yeah. have to like find different avenues to present it or else it just becomes everyone kind of writes you off unless you're giving them something new to look at yeah when i the, okay the first pwg show i went to was in hollywood you guys yeah. used to run at the jewish community center yeah the jcc the is, yes. uh there's a couple of them the actually there's one there's one that's that's the most feelless one oh, okay there was one before that that was in hollywood but i'm um, you're probably the one that when pwg came to like uh, I guess have a name for itself was the Los Feliz one. Yeah, you don't remember me showing up because I remember you. You had green, like some green tights with some like sash, like oh kung yeah, fu sash. Yeah, yeah. I used to rock the sash. What just, was that? Uh, was it that was just a technical wizard, Joey Ryan, mm, still or no? It, no, it probably was in between. Um, it was just like just trying to do something different, just trying to present right. a different look. Just I was starting to realize that the. Wrestling is secondary to being memorable, yes. <laughs> so I was just trying to like even if it was presenting a different look or a different like something like oh that guy has that thing he wears for no yeah. reason at all like that would be like something that people would go home and remember me specifically for. Do you consider yourself a creative person? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I, I do feel very like, um, I guess creative for lack of a better term. Uh, just because, and I feel like it's maybe not something that, um came out of me until I got kind of deeper into wrestling and when I realized that wrestling was like kind of make-believe and you can just kind of turn it into whatever you want. 
not necessarily I'm not saying that the moves are make believe because you know I'm not using that term but the idea the world of professional wrestling is make believe and you can kind of do whatever you want with it and that's when I kind of like let my uh, creative outlet go and just started dreaming up different sequences different ideas and just and then you know professional wrestling has the outlet for me to uh, try them out and you know whether they're good or bad you know you'll know real quick you put it in front of an audience you'll know real quick if your idea is good or bad so yeah, that's that's <laughs> just over time. It's just developed and helped me. Anything I can dream of, that's that I can do. Try. Did your background in theater help with that? Um, I see. I I didn't really do theater until I started wrestling, and I thought theater would help me because I, I was I'm a pretty shy kid. So I thought doing theater would help me open up more in the ring. Like, if when I first started wrestling, if you look at old pictures of me from EWF in, like, 2000, they, like, slapped, like, a gothic character on me. because the I Forsaken. Because ah. I, couldn't, I couldn't show emotion. I couldn't talk. I couldn't, like, so we're, like, we're just going to make you, like, quiet, dark guy because, like, you're so, like, introverted. Um, and then so I was, like, I can't, like, you know, there's only a handful of wrestlers who've ever done anything being shy and introverted and dark. Um so I figured I needed something to break out, so I thought forcing myself to take theater would help. That's a good nice. idea. Yeah. Well, when okay, when we were in WSX, yeah. So going from you know when I saw you at PWG yeah. with the with the green sash and and all that, it was such a difference, man, from that to all of a sudden that '70s team, which I was a huge fan of that yeah. that act. I mean, it's so, like, it's sad to me, because I wanted to see what more could be done with that. Sure. How much of a, um, how much uh, how much creative input did you have in that with Kevin Kleinrock? Uh, well, I mean, the character was, I was already working on the character. Um, I, I actually, for me, the character's always been patterned after 80s wrestling. But, yes. I mean, there's, there's you know, obviously 70s fashion led into 80s stuff. And so, like, there's, a, there's like, a little gray area where you could say it's 70s or 80s. Um, but I was, because I grew up with three older brothers, so I started watching wrestling very young and you know I grew up watching wrestling in the 80s and uh so when I when I real when I did discover that wrestling was kind of this make believe world that you could do whatever you want I decided I want to be the kind of wrestler that I grew up watching yes. like these awesome 80s icons and uh so I patterned uh, a look after uh, Magnum PI um with mustache the Hawaiian print and stuff uh and so I tried to be like the coolest 80s guy but like you know nowadays you see someone dressed like that you think they're kind of sleazy so the character developed from the fans reaction to the look but the look is definitely based off trying to be like a cool 80s baby face um so i was already i mean the character was still real real new when when kevin put, picked it up and put it on wrestling society x and he put me with the disco machine who's obviously a 70s based character yes um so it just kind of worked together um and yeah it was a lot of fun and they they gave us like a lot of like they didn't really give many restrictions. Um, His I, idea was the disco ball, holding the disco yeah, ball. Yeah, disco, disco. Yeah, he that, used to right? always do that. Yeah, he's doing the disco ball. Um, the only restriction I was given is I wanted to smoke a cigarette to the ring, yeah. but they told me that I couldn't have a lit cigarette around the pyro. So oh. that's why I would come out with the, the cigarette that was unlit. Um, and then later on, through evolution, I changed the oral fixation from being a cigarette to a blow pop or lollipops because like there a lot of buildings won't let you smoke in them. And the, or the, if you get in a situation where there's pyro around, you definitely can't can't have a lit cigarette. So, um, so yeah, that's the, the 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 lollipop or blow pop came out of the cigarette, which which just my character feeling, just me feeling like my character needed some sort of oral fixation. 
Dude, the blow pop thing, and this is jumping ahead a lot because, I mean, we're talking about how many years ago. Yeah. But the blow pop is, like, right now, dude, you get so much mileage yeah. out of the blow pop. <laughs> when we had that match up in the Bay Area, yeah. that tag match, yeah. dude, the guy came up. Uh, who was that guy? Was that guy at Plant? No. Came up, and, and he took the blow pop and put it in his mouth. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a fan at every show that will do that. I've not come to. I've not gone to a show where I haven't offered to give the blow pop to a fan. Where ha- that somebody hasn't, male or female, hasn't taken it like from my mouth into their mouth. Like there hasn't been a show where that hasn't Someone happened. Paid That's like some real <laughs> stuff actually, right there. I've actually had people, um, fans that, because now it's a thing and people know it, that fans are like, they want to like auction for it. They want to bid bid money. And I made, I think in Texas I made 80 bucks once doing it. Sure. Just giving someone a blow pop from my mouth into theirs. That's because they wanted to be, they man. wanted to be part of the. That's not quite young bucks well, super kicking people for like five hundred dollars. Yeah, right. But you're on their way. Yeah, there. right. I'm on, my, I'm on my way there. Wow. Love yeah. that. That's crazy. Well, talking a little bit more about your WSX time, we had a big anniversary show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was. I missed it. I was. I was sick. Yes, I'm sorry to hear that. You feeling better? I'm feeling much better. I'm still a little like you know being on the road all the time. Sean will tell you is. You get sick and you get, it's hard to get. It's hard to bounce back. Hard you know, to recover. You, like yeah, see, so you're on planes all the time, and that. Not to sidetrack the story, but yeah, I just, I, I just couldn't. That week was just a miserable week for me. Yeah. But I'm sorry I missed the show because I love Risk Society X. So I wanted to be here. Well, it yeah. Was so fun. I just wanted to ask if you have any particular memories you want to bring up or anything with Sean that you think the people out there would like to hear. Um. Uh, let me think. I, I remember because there were long days. There were, you know, we filmed I think ten days, and there were twelve hour days because there wasn't, it wasn't like wrestling production people there wasn't wrestling directors so we had to like block out the wrestling and like we had to like tell the directors and the producers exactly what corner of the ring we were going to do stuff in and then if we did it in a different corner they had to like cut and reset and then reshoot it so it was like these matches that were you know five or six minutes which probably ended up being three minutes on tv uh would take two hours to do because instead of taking five minutes to do because we had to like deal with people who weren't wrestling directors um so the days got very long and um um, you know, Sean, I think, had the luxury of being a little bit more well-known, so he wasn't st- stuck to the uh, <laughs> stuck to being on set the whole time. Uh, you have a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but for, the, for those of us, and I specific, specifically remember me and Quicksilver, we would, we would be hanging out on set, and we'd be bored, and we'd be like, ah, what, what can we do? And then we would always, our idea would always be like, let's go find Teddy Hart, because whatever Teddy Hart's doing is very interesting, right? Now. We don't know what he's doing, but whatever it is, it's very interesting. So we would always just like, so like, I'm sure if there's pictures from that time, it's, you, you know, if there's pictures of Teddy doing something, whatever, in the background, you'll see, just see me and Quicksilver, like kind of just standing in the background watching, because we'd always just go find Teddy Hart and see what Teddy Hart was up to. Because you have these long breaks, you do, you do your match and then you wouldn't work for six more hours, you know, mm-hmm. or something, but you'd still be on set for that same day. So um, there's just a lot of that. And it was, you know, you, you being on, you know, close quarters with that, those many people, even though it was only two weeks of filming, you still feel like you, you know, you became real close with everyone. And that's why everyone, I think, has such fond memories of it, even though it, it, when people talk about it, it feels like we filmed it for, you know, six months, but we filmed it for two weeks, you know, and everybody just got close real fast because we were on set all day for long hours. Mm-hmm. Long hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Sean has said that they were expecting another season to come around and that didn't happen. So where did you go after that? I think they were expecting one season to actually get played. Uh, yeah, from what I've been told, um, and the story's probably been told, I mean, probably got told last week, is that MTV changed program directors, and the That's, new program director didn't yeah. want wrestling. So even though they sank a million dollars or something into the first season, it, they like aired two episodes, and then they like marathoned it out and just got rid of it. They sank almost a million just into the pilot. 800,000. Yeah. 800, yeah. yeah. 
something like that. It must be nice to be MTV and just be able to throw that money yeah. away, right? Because I mean, uh, the, cause the thing that that I know a lot of us were thinking is, can you imagine what we could have done with that eight hundred grand yeah. as far as you know producing wrestling? Sure. Oh yeah. my god. Absolutely. The whole season, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, pocketed some, and save, save, yeah. save some for a rainy day. Well, that's, uh, that's just part of being a wrestler, right? Right. Carney, Skimming off Carney, the top, carting that up a little bit. Uh, uh, so, but how did like after? Okay, I was really bummed out, as I'm sure everyone was, that we didn't get picked up for a second season. Uh, but th- there was like a kind of a gap in between there, and like uh, when I saw you. What did, has it been like frustrating as far as being on the uh, you know on the independent level? I know, like okay, TNA, like you went down there for a minute, and that didn't work out. I was like, I was like shaking my head, going, "What in the f?" Like. 87 percent, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, I could I could be very bitter about certain things that happened in TNA, but I, I for the most part, um, I liked the experience because I liked the guys there. I liked the locker room. Yes. You know, the guys were were good, and there's a camaraderie amongst the boys, and I have a lot of fond memories from that time. I could be a little bit more bitter about the bitter about the way that my particular angle was handled, um, but I think it kind of jumped at them, and the, since they didn't really plan for it, they didn't really know what to do with it because I. You know, they did it out of the gut check thing, and it kind of it kind of grew out of itself. And, and Eric Bischoff, who you know became a big fan of mine, and you know he's been yeah. you know he's been somewhat of a, at least at that time he was a bit of a mentor uh, to me. You know, as as I was as I was becoming acclimated to uh, television, TV, wrestling, um, he you know he basically kind of gave me a green light to do whatever I not whatever I wanted, but he he was very big on gut check feeling real. So even though parts of it might have been worked. Um, you know, they kept me in the dark about it, and they, uh, and they, you know, he, he kind of said, you know, came up to me and said, you know, I've been told that you're you're pretty good with a microphone, and you know, and I was like, uh, you know, oh yeah, I'm all right, you know, like I can talk, and he's like, feel free to speak your mind, and that's when he gave me that green light, is when I, you know, did the whole thing with Taz, and you know, it's not that I had anything against Taz, but I knew that was my moment on live national television right. to make a memory to be remembered for. Um, and then, and then it just kind of spiraled, and I think it kind of came at them. And since they didn't write it, they didn't dream it up. They didn't really know where to take it, because um, like you, you know, if you think about it, and you know, this didn't hit me till later. Is you know, TNA has always been trying to uh, cross the line into like WWE, like trying to get noticed by their fans or whatnot. And right. and I, I just made a pun. And I didn't realize TNA needs to be crossed the, the line, line, right? Um, <laughs> they, they've always tried to like. Uh, uh, you know, tried to like you know attract that audience, and and you know I remember you know you'd watch SmackDown and you'd watch Raw, and people in the audience would have these eighty-seven percent signs, which were was which me, which was my thing at the time because yeah. the whole gut check thing was that they had these independent wrestlers come on the show and then they had them wrestle a match and then you know they presented their story and then they let their fans vote online like oh should we hire this guy or not and you know and. I don't know if they even thought that you know I would turn that against them, but they had eighty-seven percent of their audience said like they want them to hire me, and then I got to the, the results show, the judge show, and like they told me no, and so I just ran with the eighty-seven. I said eighty-seven. You're telling your eighty-seven percent of your audience that they that they can't watch me, you know that they don't, you know. So I turned that into a whole thing where I was rallying the troops behind eighty-seven percent of their audience who wanted to see me, but they weren't giving them that. Um, and then so upon rallying that, and th- at the time. Impact was live every week on Spike TV, so it had a much bigger audience. Um, you know, like you'd watch, like I said, you'd watch Raw, you watch SmackDown, and people would have these eighty-seven percent signs, which was me. And I was crossing over to WWE's audience, and TNA didn't really know what to do with it, even though that's what they always wanted. Mm-hmm. So I could could be bitter about the way it's handled, but again, 
it was a good experience, and I got to know like Eric, and I yeah. got to know a lot of people there that you know really helped me out, and you know a lot of the influence Eric had on me there. I, you can see in me in Lucha Underground now because he helped guide me to be a, a TV wrestler. Um, so you know I, I try I choose to take the positive experiences from there to, to keep with me rather than the negative ones. How much stuff do you have to change when you're on TV and like this TV wrestler mindset of your moves, your timing, and your look? How much do you have to alter? Um, well, a lot of it is just make sure that you play to the cameras and you, you know, you open up to the hard cam and you make sure that the, whatever, wherever the cameras are, they have the best shot of what you're doing, um, which I've actually now used to like as part of my shtick in independent sure. wrestling, like I will like, if I, you know, if I'm a bad guy and I'm going to put a hold on somebody, I'll like start yelling, where's the hard camera? Where's the hard camera? And then I'll like put them in a hold to be like, I'm a professional or whatever, you know? <laughs> so I start using that in my shtick in independent to like, oh, where's the best camera? You know, like, or like I'll put somebody in a choke and I'll be like, here's your photo op or something like, so I'll start using it in my shtick in independent wrestling, which just, you know, helps me you know if you practice the way you play yeah. you, you kind of then when i go to tv i can just do that because I've, i'm already doing sure. that mindfully and in independent wrestling um so it basically it's just maybe making sure the camera's there you know where the cameras are and, and where the best shot is uh, is the biggest difference i think the biggest difference for sure. tv right because and and um somebody like scott hall was really smart and that when he was in the ring he wasn't afraid to dir- direct from inside the ring like hey camera guy yeah. While he's in the ring, get a good shot of this right here. Yeah, you know, and it, it just and it all it played into his character as well, and the same goes for you. Yeah, and it's and it's and it adds a bit of like realism to it too. Like, it's it's like we said, the wrestling is you can do whatever you want with. It. There's no really no wrong or right. So, you know, when you start acknowledging the cameramen are there, then it opens up a whole new world of things you can do. Because obviously, the fans see the cameraman there, and the wrestling. We you know for you know. I, uh, I, probably for a long time in wrestling, they were probably taught, oh, don't acknowledge the cameraman because you're in a fight. But then as it became more show, it became okay to acknowledge these outside factors. And, like, obviously, Scott's one of the best at acknowledging how they, it makes sure. all the outside factors work in his favor. Um, and so, yeah, and so just acknowledging and pointing out exactly what the fans are looking at, they, they kind of get a kick out of that. Like, oh, yeah, we were, they kind of makes them feel more involved if they, if the wrestler sees what they're seeing and, you know, and, they, and it's more of an interaction, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joey, can you talk about the, the evolution of, of of you as a as a persona into what you are like? Well, f- and and talk about the uh, the you porn endorsement. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, so, so, if we go from, I'll give like a little bri- brief history from going from Wrestling Society X. So, after Wrestling Society X, uh, which was my first kind of national exposure, um, I had a little bit of buzz, and I was working with. Uh, Dave Marquez, who had, um, you know, who was booking championship wrestling from Hollywood, and he had uh, Dave Lagana and Adam Pierce there, and then, uh, uh, you know, Adam Pierce went to book Ring of Honor, and Adam brought me into Ring of Honor, which gave me like another kind of that was probably two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right. uh, that I was in Ring of Honor, and that kind of gave me like another like boost, uh, and, you know, again working with Lagana, who ended up pushing putting me in the Rinka King in India, um, and then. Ringking as a sister promotion of TNA, which got me in front of TNA's eyes, which brought me into TNA. So it's it's a, again, it's just like a whole. Um, it's like you, you know, you always, you always hear wrestling is like who you know, but I think it's more about being ready for the opportunities when they're there. Um, and so you know, I, I I had a steady steady movement towards upward from Wrestling Society X, and it was you know get, getting here for a little while, getting there for a little while, and then I believe it was probably my TNA stuff that. DDT noticed in Japan 
um, and DDT is a company out of Japan, and they uh, um, they brought me in um, because they are very big on character, but they also they also want guys who can go a little bit, can work a little bit if they need to. Um, and then uh, so they brought me in and they put me in a match with Dan Shukudino, who plays um, a gay character. Uh, and the political correctness in Japan is a little bit different than it is here, so he could be a little more over the top with it. Like right. Part of his shtick is like grabbing guys you know, by the junk and like them freaking out, like, why is this dude touching my junk? And then he like suplexes them while they're freaking out or whatever. Just part of his shtick. Um, he puts their head in his tights as he hits them with a the pile driver. Yeah, he just you know really plays up being like... They, he really plays up his opponents having being afraid of being homophobic. Homophobic, yeah. 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 Really plays that up, and you know, like maybe today in America that would be looked at well. You'd yes. question how it was being presented, yes. uh, but in Japan it's different. And uh, so we had, you know, he has a very sexual based character, and I have a very sexual based character. So they kind of built up our match. Um, you know, we had like press conferences and stuff. So when we were deciding what we would do, you know, playing off these characters, he had an idea where he said, "Well, maybe." Maybe I grab your junk, or maybe I grab you, and uh, but you no sell it because American cock is so big and so strong. Uh, because he's used to doing the Japanese guys, and the, you know, obviously playing off. I don't know if I'm allowed to say sense. cock on here. Oh but, yeah, go for it. So, uh, so, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, who am I gonna argue? You're gonna you tell me my cock's strong, sure. Um, uh, so, and then we're just sitting there, kind of like, well, and I'm like, okay, where do we go from here? Like, cause now you're just grabbing me, and I'm just like no selling it, and then. Uh, we were thinking, and I said, well, maybe uh, maybe I'll fire up. You know, maybe it'll, like, you know, and he said, he said, okay, okay, then I bump. And that was really it. Like, really, the all the discussion we had over it, uh, except for right before we went out, when we were kind of going over it one last time, he said, uh, maybe I'll take a flip. You know, maybe f- swing your hips and I'll flip. Okay. And, like, we really didn't put much more thought into it, and we went and we did it, and it was, it was actually kind of towards the beginning of the match, and then, you know, because we didn't put too much thought into it. And then I'm real critical of myself when I watch back like I'm like ah this is I could have done this better I could have done that better but when I watch that match back that kind of that made me laugh and I was like well if that's going to make me laugh I'm going to take that 27 seconds out and I'm just going to put it up and like kind of out of context like hey this this is a thing and then it kind of just blew up Uh, it started you know it started getting retweeted and posted on different websites and like it was on ESPN it was on The Soup it was on all these different talk shows um and you know all these different magazines like online articles sports illustrated rolling stone i'm trying to like remember them all sure. at this point but it was just it was it went viral you know and during the course of it going viral um uh you know i was getting a lot of offers obviously oh like come on my podcast come on my whatever like just you know people wanting i guess to get a rub off the exposure um but the only like i'm like okay but like Where's the money? Not, not necessarily where's the money, but like how how much is in it for me? Being selfish because I was being pulled in so many different, different directions. Once I had to focus on stuff that was going to be positive for me. Yes, so it's not that I wanted to like shun off the smaller podcasts or whatever, but I just I I there was only so much of me that could be spread around at the time. You got to monetize the new gimmick. Yeah, so you porn hit me up and they said, hey, we want to sponsor you. Um, well, I actually got hit up through. Um, uh, a buddy of mine, Stu Stone, who oh, Stu Stone, Stu Stone, yeah. Stu Stone who uh, is friends with the uh, PR guy for you porn, and um, so he put us in, con- in contact, and they said, "Hey, we want to like, uh, you know, we want to sponsor you," and they were like, "We," because they they were sponsoring um, like an e gaming team, and I guess it was going well for them, yes. so they're like, "We want to like find other avenues to advertise outside of porn," because they've already got like the porn. 
you know, like I don't know if you've ever heard of porn, but it's pretty successful. Um, it doesn't do bad. Yeah. Uh, so like, we, but we want to like you know find different markets and and so we want to maybe sponsor some athletes and we want you to be the first one. We don't really have an idea of where it's going to go, but I think together we can figure it out. Um, and then you know, and then just to, and then they they offered me a. a f- Nice amount of money, uh, being porn and being a successful industry. They're like, this is what we want to offer you to start, and then we'll give you stuff along the way. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Um, uh, and uh, so just through brainstorming, I said, well, what if I just name the move after you? And then they're like, oh, that's great, because like, then it's, it's what everyone's talking about anyway. So like, every time they talk about it, they're going to mention our name. And then you know, I had a, a pair of you know, I have some, some tights made with the, their logo on it. Um, you know, I wear their shirts at, at shows, and it's just kind of – like become a thing where like now I'm sponsored by them and um, and I've I've actually done you know a few things it's like they you know they I did a thing with Brazzers recently because they're kind of in cahoots or like yes. they're kind of a partner with YouPorn so like they kind of commissioned me out to do something with Brazzers <laughs> which is Brazzers has like a safe for work YouTube channel it's not it hasn't they haven't released it yet but I filmed like like kind of a wrestling skit with some uh, with some porn stars uh, that hasn't been released yet but like that's also like because like. That in, like again, that industry is is they they have money, so they're like, oh, we want to like you want to treat you nice, you know. It's very different from wrestling where they're like, oh, we want to carny it up a little bit, we want to undercut you. They're like, hey, we want to yes. make we want to make you comfortable, we want to give you, we want to make this worth your while to do because you're kind of doing us a favor because not a lot of people, you know, lend themselves to that industry. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, my character is not hurt at all by lending itself to that industry, so it actually helps me whether I'm being sure. paid or not. Um, so just you know, uh, and they've been very good to me and very nice to me and very accommodating to to being a, a sponsored athlete you know and uh you know i that was uh and this isn't like just a publicity stunt i mean they're serious about like endorsing you know yeah athletes, yeah, yeah they athletes. they um you know they they have you know they have ideas they want to you know they want to different ways they can branch out from just being yeah in like because i mean like they have the porn in stream cornered you know like they're a streaming porn site you know like that's Kind of streaming and porn are kind of two things that are in in 2017. <laughs> but you know, so, there's going to be some pushback, obviously. Of course, well, yeah, of I mean, course. Like you said, this seems like a perfect brand marriage for a character like yours. But was there any part of you that was hesitant to do this, or wondering if it would limit other opportunities for you? Um, I guess not. Not so much in wrestling, but like, I don't know if it's you know because it, you know if I if I try to do some more acting stuff, I don't know if the connection. You know, that was in the back of my head. But at the same time, like, I'm not. You know, like they don't. You porn didn't want me to be in porn, right? Because exactly. they could have any porn star they want. They my my value to them was not being in porn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I feel like as long as I don't cross that line, there's not like because like if I cross that line, you can't really come back from there. Um, and then uh, so uh, you know, so it, it was actually just perfect, made perfect sense when I sat down and, and weighed the pros and cons. Um, you know about it, and like uh, uh, you know, in wrestling again, you know, like let's say, you know, WWE's a PG company and they don't want to hire it. But, like, I'm not, at this point in my life, I'm not worried about WWE hiring me. You know, like, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm successful by my own means, on my own terms, and, you know, supplementing my income from, you know, a, in w- one... And one initial check that Uporn gave me paid me more than any of the, the all the dark matches and SmackDown job matches I did in WWE combined. You know, so like, I, it's like I'm going to go with the money. Like, yeah. I'm not going to think about because, you know, there's part of every wrestler I think that wants to like be presented in a light that l- looks favorable to WWE. But sure, because um, that's obviously they're at the top of the industry. Um, but uh, you know, I I just 
you know, at this point, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to do what makes sense for me. And then, and, and actually, I, I think it was the greatest decision. I mean, one of two of the greatest decisions I ever made. The other was when um, I decided to team with Candice and do an intergender tag team because that made wrestling so much fun, more fun for me. It opened up a whole new avenue, which we didn't even cover when we were talking about my history. But yes. Um, and, and then the second smartest thing was just like kind of throwing away what these other companies might think and just doing what makes sense for me personally. Because then if you're working for yourself and you're making yourself happy, then you don't, you know, then other, I think it even makes you more appealing to these other companies. So you're like, what, what is he doing that's making him so happy? We, we're supposed to make people happy. Like we, you're not allowed to be happy without us, you know, kind of thing. Sure. So I did want to talk to you about your, uh, your matches with Candace, because yeah. I'll be honest with you, man. I thought you two were a couple because of all that stuff. Yeah. And for a while we didn't, deny it like right. we let people talk about it because um we it was initially supposed to kind of just be like a one-time thing because we'd always been rivals because again my character lends itself well to being sleazy and wrestling girls and and so we had you know we kind of had this rivalry going and then um you know the at pwg the young bucks and kevin steen kevin owens yes. and um um adam cole started mount rushmore of pro wrestling and they wanted to like they wanted to make a statement so that they they said, "Well, let's let's just beat up Candace because she's super over as a babyface. She's a girl. Like people will boo us, and this is this is going to make us like look like real real bad guys, real dickheads." And uh, so the idea is that I came out to save her because she was my play toy. Like right. I'm only allowed to beat her up. No one else is allowed to beat her up. Only I am. So like then it put Candace and, the, and I in a position where we were teaming now against them. So we had a little feud, a rivalry that went with the Young Bucks and you know Kevin Cena and Adam Cole, um, and. You know, we just had this natural chemistry with us, and we kind of forced the hand of PWG a little bit because when we teamed, we're like, let's just let's just get matching gear and T-shirts made, and then like kind of like forces us together. And then um, I had the idea of doing a the YouTube show. We had like a like a, a Candace it's the Candace and Joey show. It's like a a, a video blog because uh, I just wanted people to get the idea of us together. Like I wanted them to th when they think of me, think of her. When they think of her, think of me. So it, like a branding thing. Like I wanted to brand us together, um, and and because having an intergender tag team and trying to take it on the road and get booked in different places is, is hard enough as it is. But if people start already branding you guys together, then it's a little bit easier. So, uh, so yeah, so we just, and we have this natural chemistry and we just, and, and like I had, th th that opened up so many more avenues and doors and just trying to think creatively about, um, wrestling. Cause you know, like Candace is a small girl and we were wrestling guys, big guys. And, uh, so we had to, and you know, it, Obviously, wrestling fans are in on it now, but they don't want to be insulted either. They don't want you can't have Candace go toe to toe with a six foot four guy and like back and forth strike exchange. You can't do that. So we had to like think of all these new creative ways we could do uh, these wrestling matches where Candace wasn't you know she wasn't getting destroyed by these guys, but she was also she was also offensively effective against these guys. So we you know it just opened up a whole new door and like kind of reinvigorated my like passion for wrestling because I was thinking creatively again. I wasn't relying on all the stuff I knew. And and that kind of brought me back into like instead of just doing being same old, same old stuff, um, trying to be something new and different. And you know, like I said, it, it kind of reinvigorated my passion for wrestling. And that was the smartest thing. And then when I like I said later on, when like the U point stuff came up, and I decided to do stuff for me because it would make me happy. Yeah. But that all led from me deciding, you know, hey, I'm just going to do this intergender thing and like see where it goes because it's kind of unheard of it at the time. It's it's pretty more it's pretty commonplace now, but at the time it was pretty unheard of. Yeah. And prior to that. Wasn't that your WWE tryout and the whole Bill DeMont situation, and you were just like over it, kind of questioning your yeah, situation? Yeah, that was a little, little bit before that. Uh, 
I mean, I, I guess if I'm giving credit where credit is due, it was uh, a match with Drake Younger that I had that kind of made me not quit wrestling. Um, and then the stuff with Candice kind of re... Which was his farewell match to go be a ref, right? No, he, he was a little bit... He was there okay. for a little bit longer. Um, so I, after I had... Uh, if, you, if you want me to get into the, the story of the sure, WWE please, please tryout. Um, after I had got released from TNA, which was July 2013... Um, you know, how, I don't need to interrupt, but you say you released from TNA. Were you ever under contract? Yeah, I was under contract. So uh, they, it, it, it's kind of like not messed up, but I mean, I understand it. But like, so I did the gut check in May 2012. Um, it was like the last week of May. So the day after I did the thing with Taz in the ring, I got a call from Bruce Pritchard saying, we want to offer you a contract. So I signed in June of 2012 with uh, for, for a year with a one-year option um, in TNA. And then when my one year was up, I got a FedEx from them saying, like, we want to um, keep you for another year. We want to extend our option on you for another year, which I was like, great. You know, I'll be I'll have another year in TNA. And then, like, a month later, Al Snow called me and said, like, hey, we're letting you go. So it kind of <laughs> sucked because, like, they, wow. they just sent me the FedEx thing. They were going to. They were going to keep me for another year to call me a month later and tell me that they were releasing me. What reason um, did they tell you? They told me it was. I mean, Elson was a pretty honest guy. He told me his budget cuts, which I which I can see because they around that time they had taken Impact out of uh, Orlando mm-hmm. and they were taking it on the road and they weren't drawing well at all. And I, I imagine bad. they were getting killed by, financially because yeah. like I, I, uh, the Orlando venue is probably financially probably a safe bet. But taking on the road and not drawing probably because like they cut they cut a lot of us at the same time and then they didn't resign RVD they didn't resign Matt Morgan they were like really kind of trying to stop the the bloodshed I guess um, so I mean I, so when Al Snow told me about budget cuts it kind of made sense so I didn't really question it um, so that was July and then uh, in August I think maybe it was even later in July uh, WWE came to to LA and I went and you know because I was out of my contract with TNA. And I talked to Regal, and Regal, William Regal was really high on me, and he was like, he's like, hey, and he was even talking, he said, like, hey, I would like to get you here, because um, uh, he's known me for a long time, and he, and he's, and I, you know, I trained with Brian Kendrick, and yep. him, Regal and Kendrick are real tight. Um, he's like, I'd like to get you here, maybe get you a, a run on TV, and then have you come down and be a trainer with us, you know, because, you know, Regal thinks highly of me. Um, and I, I'm like, this is great, this is like, you know, like I said, everything was moving upwards, you know, the next step from TNA is obviously WWE. Um, and then, uh, uh, so he, so they, at this point, this was kind of before NXT was what it is. NXT was just kind of starting, um, there to be its own, its own like brand. Uh, um, and so, but everyone's doing these trials. He said, the only way you get signed now is through these trials. I can't just sign. You have to go to do these trials. He said, we have one in December, um, if you need some time, but I would like you to come to the one in August, which was like a month after I got released from TNA. He's like, cause I want to get here as soon as possible. So I went to the August uh, tryout, and for whatever reason, straight out the gate, Bill DeMont didn't like me. And uh, um, I, I, I heard, I've heard since then that he, um, like, I don't know if he was instructed to or if it was on his own thing, but he, like, they had a real, like, he, they didn't want TNA guys coming in and making yes. them, their guys look bad. That's right. Like, because DeMont was like always kind of walking on eggshells about keeping his job, like his trained, trained guys being good. So if you bring in these TNA guys and they're better than his trained guys, then they WWE starts looking at him being like, why are these TNA guys better than the guys that you're training kind of thing. So, um, I, I mean, I, I mean, that could have been it. Could have been. been it. Uh, 
uh, altogether. So, um, and then I and I get the you know I I'll never really understand why like WWE would take a Demont like non-recommendation over a Regal recommendation unless it has something to do with and this makes sense too because like maybe like when when the Young Bucks had their problem with Booker T like it might be a thing where everybody has to sign off on you and if one person doesn't then you're you don't you know like if 10 guys have to sign off on you hmm. you know then 10 guys do and if one guy doesn't then you don't get it because I when, when the Young Bucks thing happened with Booker T I've never been at a WWE um as an extra and seen the red carpet rolled out more than it was for the Young Bucks and then the one incident with Booker T kiboshed the whole thing. Wow, um, and that was so crazy when I heard that that was yeah. the, the reason. Yeah, I mean, it was like, just insane I, to you, me. you know, and they, they've made up since then. Booker yeah, T, and the of young course. bucks, they, they, they've you know, they're. You can see in my documentary. Yeah, so, uh, 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 but like, so you know, they the young bucks went through a similar thing where like the one person kind of kept them out. So, but anyway, so like. In my head, I'm here. I'm going from TNA. The next step's WWE. William Regal's really high on me, and he's good friends with Triple H. And, like, what could go wrong? Like, this is yes. my next step in my career. So when I did the tryout and I realized very quickly that DeMont wasn't going to let this happen, um, uh, I got... Uh, and when they, when you have somebody like that against you, honestly, man, it's so hard to do anything about it. Because yeah. all of that stuff is done pretty much behind your back. Yeah, and, you know, and you want to, like... I mean, like... like you don't know what's what you're being tested. Like exactly. I don't know. Like, do I say something? Do I get in his face? Do I say something? Because he's obviously singled me out. Uh, or do I, you know, do I do I show my maturity? Do I show that I can take the, you know, you don't know what they're looking. You know, it, it's really hard to read. Uh, so, but so that all happens uh, coincidentally the same weekend as Battle of Los Angeles in 2013. Um, the tryout does so. Um, the tryout was, I think, like Tuesday, Wednesday, th- wait, sorry, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was the last day. We got out at noon. Friday was night one of Battle of Los Angeles. So I actually had my flight changed. The one WWE got me from like 5 p.m. to like 1 p.m. so I could make it to Battle of Los Angeles. Gotcha. So I didn't even get there till the show started. And like I got to the, the building and I was wrestling Drake Younger. But I'm super depressed. It's because I real I understand at this point that Bill DeMoth's not going to let me get the job that I want. And, um, so I'm like, uh, I'm like not even there. And Drake, I, you know, you know Drake, and he's sure. such a positive personality. He's like, hey man, we're gonna go, we're gonna do this thing. He could tell I'm kind of depressed a little bit. And he's like, he's pitching all these ideas, and he's just like, he's like, he's got this idea where we're gonna like use, you know, hard candy as thumbtacks, and we're gonna bring, we're gonna up it and use Legos, and like he's got all these. He's just super positive, and it's hard not to be positive around him. So I'm like, yeah, Drake, we'll do, we'll do it all. We'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll do this match. But in my head, I'm just like, oh well, I'm gonna. This is gonna be my last match ever, you know, because I'm super depressed now. Uh, and then me and Drake went out and just I, uh, he made it so fun and the crowd was super into like the hard candy and the Legos and Drake is always over with the crowd and it was just like an uplifting experience and I was like I can't give this up this is I'm having the time of my life exactly I'm having the time of my life in the in a you know it's we're in a Reseda in a Legion Hall but it's not Madison Square Garden it's not Wrestlemania but I'm having the time of my life wrestling Drake and then I was like well I can't quit because Drake just kind of pulled me out of my depression in one night yeah, uh, man. And then probably about six months later is when me and Candace started teaming. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's and, and really, story. man, I, come on, there's not a lot you can do when when something like that's going on. And, and, and it doesn't mean, you know, that that's the end of the road as far as WWE goes. Yeah. I mean, because obviously things, a lot has of, lot of changed since then. Right. And, and I've even talked to Regal since then. And yeah. he's like, he told me, I mean, after I'd signed with Lucha Underground, so right. I'm under contract with Lucha Underground, so I can't really talk to him, but Regal just, you know, when he comes to PWG shows, he told me, uh, you know, uh, a lot has changed. Everything's different. It's a whole new th- world there. Sure. Alluding to the fact that he knows what happened and what went down. Um, but, 
again, at the same time, is having that experience with Bill DeMont and my tryout, uh, you know, when the U-Point thing came up, again, I'm like, why am I, why am I holding out for this company that, like, could, you know, like, you think you're taking the right steps to get there, yeah. and then something like that happens, and then, like, well, screw it. I'm just going to, wh- who cares what they think, you yeah. know? And then, so, I'm like, again, I'm not really worried about that aspect of it, but, yeah. Uh, and will worrying change anything or no, make it make yeah. it better? No, <laughs> no. no. And, and that's what we learned from you, Sean. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't do a damn bit of good. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty confident. Like, I, I haven't taken any steps really since then that I've gone, you know, like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, everything. So far, so good. You know, yeah. fingers crossed. So far, so good. I'm making really good money for an independent wrestler. I mean, I, I don't want to brag or anything, but, like, I... It's I, okay. Go it's for not, it. Well, it's not bragging when it's a fact. Right. Like, I mean, I know what some of those guys are signing for at NXT now, and I'm doing better than them. You know, like, some of those newer sure. guys that are coming in, I'm doing better than them. Uh, and I'm independent on my own, making my own schedule and my own, you know, I don't have to move to Florida. I don't have to go to wrestling school, wrestling class five days a week, you know, so. Um, you get to go to Disney and enjoy riding the rides. Right, right. You know, I, I, I get to do all that. So, um, uh, you know, I'm in a pretty good position. So I'm not too beat up about not being there. I mean, obviously, you get into wrestling with that idea, that goal, but I'm not too beat up about it now. I've come to terms with whatever happens, whatever happens, and uh, I'm really happy with the success I have and the life I have right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. Joey, um, how do you, f- how does it make you feel when, when you hear uh, somebody like a Jim Cornette or the other traditionalist uh, crap on what you're doing? Um, well, I mean, you you have to put that in perspective. Um, you know. Jim Cornette says a lot of things to try to get attention on himself, sure. um, or guys like that do. Um, I don't mind. I don't think I'm for everybody. You know, I, I don't. Right. Not everyone's going to be a fan of mine, um, and that, I'm okay with that. Uh, my issues with Jim Cornette are like uh, the things he said about Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, where he he wishes death up upon them. These are fa- family men wow, with wife and kids. Hard, you know, I didn't know any of yeah, that. Yeah, he says he says the Young Bucks should be hanged. Uh, you know, these are family men with kids, wives, and 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 you know, uh, you know, he says it for attention. I get it. Um, my the, the direct issue I had was that he, um, and from what I understand, he's not he's not a homophobic person. He's, he's very he he views himself as being very liberal. Um, he made a very uh, homophobic comment about the dick flip spot, the U sure. complex, um, that I thought was irresponsible of him because he has a huge fan following and. Um, uh, uh, and people, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah, like I think he he made and it was it was, I mean it wasn't super awful. I mean he said some alluding to the fact that like oh like I look like I like dudes grabbing my dick or something like that. And I'm like and in my head my first thought is like what if I do? What is there something, something wrong? wrong? With that? Is there something wrong with if I like dudes grabbing my dick? Like and the the problem I have is that is they irresponsible because even if he doesn't feel that way his fans are going to see that and think that it's okay to have that assumption about that it being it's being it's bad you know because right. he he does have a legion of fans so now his fans are going to read that and say like oh jim Cornette thinks that dudes grabbing other dudes dicks is bad so i'm going to think it's bad because you know he has influence so that was my issue with him i had no no issue with him not being a fan of my work sure. no issue of him not liking comedy and wrestling um, no issue that at all. It's just that particular comment and the stuff he said about Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Really I'm not familiar me. with that, but sorry, that's okay, Joey. Joey's just getting really emotional here, and right. he has to wipe his, wipe the tears from his eyes. Well, I'm just kidding. We mentioned that We mentioned that I was sick before, so uh, I'm kind of just getting over it now. Uh, so yeah, sorry about that. No, no, man, yeah. that's all right. Um, 
Uh, yeah, no, he, uh, you know, because Kenny has done a lot of like comedy wrestling in Japan. He wrestled the nine year old girl. He wrestled the okay. blow up doll. He, you know, and Cornette has made some comments about that. Um, uh, and uh, I think he said something that he w- wished somebody would stab Kenny or something, or wanted to pay someone to stab Kenny or something. Like he said, the young book should be hanged in Times Square. And I guess he's—I know he's saying it for effect, but at the same time, like this, you're essentially wishing death upon guys that are like anybody doesn't matter what. Yes. But like these guys work hard. You know, they just because he doesn't like their brand of wrestling doesn't. Even if even if someone doesn't mean it, yeah, in their heart, like it's still coming out. Yeah, you know? sure, it's absolutely. still this negative energy yeah. coming out of your mouth directed at others. And sure, yeah, it's not cool. Um, and I'm, I, honestly, man, and I disagree with tons of what Jim says, but like I actually like the guy to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I've heard I'm a fan. I, I you know I've heard he's not a bad guy, but no. like the particular things yeah, I, that I, I have agree. issues with, you know, I, and it's never. You know, it's never an issue about someone not being a fan of my work because I, I understand tastes are different. Like, I would never, you know, there's wrestling that I don't like, you know, but I don't hold it against them. So, like, for instance, I mean, I'll, I'll put this over. Uh, uh, Dave Meltzer goes to the APW shows because he lives in San Francisco. Yes. Dave Meltzer is definitely not a fan of my wrestling, but is super nice to me and, you know, d- DMs me congratulations on my wedding day. And, like, oh. you know, he's a, a, he, he's a good guy. He's, you know, yeah. he, he, he'll never. He'll never sit down and watch a best of Joey Ryan, but just because I'm not his style of wrestling, but he doesn't mean he can't be like a cordial human being about another human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm with you on that. Like, I, I I don't begrudge somebody not being a fan of me, especially right. me. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, just there's different tastes, and that's what yeah, that's what man. makes wrestling so good. Is that like. It's not the same thing. Like everybody's not presenting the same product. If, yeah. if we all were, it'd be very boring. You know, we it all complements each other. You know, the hardcore stuff, the comedy sure. stuff, the technical stuff. It all complements each other because who wants to watch the same thing over and over? Yeah. yeah. Do you think you would have as much fun with it if you were a, a squeaky clean baby face type character? Uh, uh, well, wrestling's what you get. You get out of it what you put in it. Mm. So if I f- was focused on it and I made and I had goals and I set goals for myself to be squeaky clean baby face or technical wrestler guy um, and I achieve those goals I think I would get like pleasure out of it I would get you know I'd be feel successful um, but you know it's like it's it's all it's all art you know like and it's cliche to say professional wrestling is art but it is it's performance it is. art and you know you get what you, what goals you set from it you can get out of it mm-hmm. absolutely you, it is, it's exactly what you put into what you get out I, yeah. I, I mean you know obviously there's there's the exceptions right but we can't just focus on those yeah. Because that's the exception to the rule. And the rule is you get what you put in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, Joey, um, how did how did uh, the Lucha Underground gig come up from all the DDT Pro and, and all that stuff? Um, well, the, the first offer for Lucha, Ground, Lucha Underground was actually before the DDT stuff, um, before the viral video. Okay. It was actually signed before the viral video. Um, Candice and I got an offer for the first season um, of Lucha Underground, but... To me, and not you know, not saying anything negative about Wrestling Society X, but sure. to me, it just was like, okay, this is Wrestling Society X again. Yes. Someone's going to put a lot of money into it and then get bored and dump it, and they're asking a, a substantial amount of time for a contract. And I was really not sure if I wanted if this was something I wanted to get into, um, you know. And you know, Candice at the time, you know, and she still does, you know, she still has the possibility of WWE, but she's also female and you know, at the time pushing 30 and like a seven year, seven season contract. She's going to be 35 when it's, you know, like WWE's not, not rushing to sign any 35 year old women. Um, so 
we both decided that it wasn't in our best interest at the time um, to sign. And uh, so we, we, we turned down the first uh, – um, the first season deal, and we went and just worked our worked ourselves and found success as an intergender tag team on Independence. Um, and then, uh, you know, the first season came out, and you know, I've I really love the way it's presented on television. You know, uh, the wrestling aside, the way that the product is presented. Um, and you know, so I became a fan of it. And then, you know, I have a lot of friends that are in there. You know, Brian Cage and, yeah. and Jack Evans and and those guys. And and you know, I, I would ask them. I said, like, how is it there? And they, oh, it's great. Everybody, you know, everybody's cool, super cool to work with. You know, and so I hit them up again and said, hey, you know, I know it didn't work out for us first season, but would you be interested in, in the second season? And I did this individually because I knew Candice is still kind of her mindset still possibly WWE one day. Sure. Um, and uh, they came back with me, and they're like, "We actually have this idea that we think would be perfect for you, um, which is the undercover police officer, um, uh, which is awesome because it's like you know a different outlet. Because you already have the mustache. Right. A different, cre- a different creative <laughs> yes. out, a different creative outlet uh, um, for me to, to, to you know extend my professional wrestling with, and uh, and so you know it just worked out for me to sign on for se- for season two, um, and so yeah, so I mean. So I mean that's in that like around the same time that I signed with them is when the video went viral. So it kind of was like a kind of a snowstorm at the same time. Like uh, the video went viral, and then like a month later, the word broke that I signed with Lucha Underground. So it just kind of looked yeah. like everything. Oh, like it kind of looked like everything was happening at once. Like or like do, it was by design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of looked like by design. But um, what was it? I mean, you're always working. If you're always yeah. working hard, you know. Like like I said earlier, it's not you know like a lot of the, it's not wrestling isn't maybe not exactly who you know, but being ready for the opportunities when they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Because, I mean, we know a lot of people, Joey, but, like, okay, it's who admits they know you. Right, yes. really <laughs> Right, yeah. What yeah. it's all yeah. about. So it's a good... DDP. Yeah. DDP That's right. That's right. Yeah. And he was... Abs- that was one of the things he said that really stood, stood out to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, talking about Lucha Underground, are you going to be participating in their season four? Have you signed yet? Um, yeah. I mean, the initial deal I did was was the long term deal, um, which I'm happy with. Um, How long are you with them for? Seven seasons. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think that's, that's the standard deal. I hope it's okay that I say that right. That's sure. not really private information. I think that's well known now. Um, I think most of the standard deals. A couple of the guys got different deals. Um, you know, the more established guys maybe got a little different deal, but the standard deal is for seven seasons, um, and that's it's a TV contract because it's Lucha Underground's not a wrestling promotion; it's a TV show. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not owned by wrestling. You know, it's owned by a TV network. Um, so it's written; the contracts are written in, in television terms. So it's not years. It's so seasons. like yeah. So like last year we filmed season two and season three in one year. Uh, this year we're probably looks to be sounds as if we're going to just do one. We're going to do season four this year. Um, so you know it it the, so there's no definite terms of length because it's, it's in seasons. It depends on how often it's filmed. Um, but what about when the seasons air? Like do, do, is, is your contract uh, say that you can't work anywhere else until they're finished airing? I think there's the standard ninety day no compete. Um, oh, that's which not is, that bad. Which actually. is, which is, I think, uh, um, I have to read the exact term, but I don't think it's when you the last thing you filmed is. I think it's when the last thing airs, gotcha. and then it's ninety days after your last television per- appearance airs that you can you're free to go. Um, which was, I think, um, one of the, I want to say one of the smaller wrestling style details that were added to the contracts. I think. TV contracts have a different no compete. Yeah. That it was an original deal, and then they changed it to the night. I think it was like a six month TV. The TV style was six months, but then 
when they started dealing with wrestlers, they saw that 90 days was the industry standard. So they changed that. Now, so, I mean, as a, as being contracted Lucha Underground, you're still allowed to go out and and be an independent contractor and book out, book out your own shows, right? Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, and and you know, all those guys that I asked about before, they they're right. They're, they're a super cool company to work for, and they're very, um, you know, they want to they want you to be successful every in every avenue. And basically, we're we just have to give them first priority on dates. Gotcha. If they're going to film, we have to, you know they get the first right. We can't turn their booking down to take another book. And what about using their, like, say, their persona that, that they have you use on their show? What about using that on the independents? Uh, well, I mean, my look is the same. My name is the same. I mean, I don't know if I can call like, myself an undercover police undercover officer. Cop. But, but I'm thinking even more like guys like, okay, like the, Jeff, the Jeff Cobb or the yeah, Prince I mean, Puma. Uh, you know, though, in... in, in I you know I don't know that might be an individual deal with him like again my I'm I'm kind of just the same so my my deal that's never been an issue for me um but I you know like I think wrestling fans are smart the, you know I think everybody when they see Jeff Cobb book they know it's Matanza and they're yeah. they don't they're not oh this isn't the guy you know like it's I think they understand you know like I think they they get it and they know what what they're watching so I mean I think there's there's been such a resistance to giving fans credit in wrestling for years and years and years, sure. but I think fans are smarter than than wrestler, wrestling the industry has given them credit for, and I think they understand that you know guys that you know don't use their TV persona are still that guy, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It, I mean, sure. and, and it goes back to like I mean, everybody knew Scott Hall was Razor Ramon, even though he wasn't being called Razor Ramon. You know, yeah, there was a time when. We were programmed to think that if we left and couldn't bring that name with us, yeah. we were screwed. But like, and that's not the case. But then, but then WWE brought in Razor Ramon and Diesel, the fake ones, and they, you know, <laughs> yeah. They, so I mean, it kind of backfired on them. You know, people yeah. uh, people understood the person who played it, and that was maybe the first time that the fans were given credit to mm-hmm. understand that like this fake Razor Ramon is not Scott Hall. You know, yeah. I only so, recently found out that Steve Carino is brother to be one two three kid. Yeah. Well, was he? I didn't yeah. even know that. I didn't even know the fake kid. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Jesus. That's awesome. Hey, man. Okay, so when you, we, I remember you being in England with me not that long ago, a few years back. I think we were for Southside Wrestling yeah. or something. Yeah. And you were with Candace. Yeah. Now, how did that turn into you meeting your lovely wife? Well, I met her out here. She's actually, I mean, she's, she is she is British, but okay. uh, um, she uh, she was living out here. She was training with Rikishi and Gangrel or okay. Rikishi School at Knox Pro. She, at Knox Pro, she's going to get mad at me for giving Rikishi credit because she gives all the credit to Gangrel. Yeah, she's not. She wasn't a big fan of Rikishi. Um, uh, I don't know if he listens to this. I don't know. Uh, Gangrel does. Uh, yeah. Gangrel does. Yeah. yeah she, Former so, guest, check it out. So she uh, she you know she was training there, but they and and part of the, maybe part of the 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 issue with Rikishi is that Rikishi is very like. If you're with Knox Pro, you can't wrestle anywhere else. You yeah. can't, you know. So like, even so, even though we're both in Southern California, me and her, um, uh, we're wrestling in completely different circles because she's not allowed out of Knox Pro, and and they don't let outsiders in. So it's kind of like, we're, we're you know, I don't know any of the Knox Pro people at this point. Um, uh, so um, so she let me, let me okay so. It's kind of it's not a complicated story. We met we met at a mutual friend's birthday party, but um, so she, uh, um, she became friends with Chris Hero online. Chris Hero was dating my friend Alicia. 
Alicia, Alicia had her friend Brittany, who had a birthday party, and we were all invited. It was in Hollywood. Chris knew that Laura, my, my wife, lived in Hollywood, so said, hey, like, we're at this place in Hollywood. Do you want to come hang out? Um, so Laura came, and like I, you know, I met her. I didn't really talk to her much. Um, but again, uh, my friend Alicia, who was dating Chris here at the time, um, I so I had tickets to or comps to a Lucha Vavoom show I was doing. So Alicia met Laura that night, and they became quick friends. So I gave Alicia my two comps to Lucha Vavoom. Alicia invited Laura, so Laura came to watch me wrestle, and yeah. then we just started hanging out. And then it just very kind cool. of happened that way. That was very long, but I think it was easy to follow, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 what no. I heard is that the big pickup is to get girls to come and watch you wrestle. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, at times, at times, I can still be like that shy and introverted guy when I'm not performing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for me to like, I mean, I'm comfortable with Sean, obviously, and, and, and Jimbo here, but, uh, um, and you, and of course, of course you. Uh, but so I'm a little more open, but. Um, when I'm not, when I'm in a situation with where I'm not, where I don't know people, and I and I'm you know uncomfortable, I t- I tend to to quiet up, I to, to put a shell around myself, unless I'm wrestling, unless I'm then I'm uh, then I'm out there. Um, so it, it can be kind of hard to get to know me or to see my personality unless you see me wrestling, because that's when I really open up. Mm-hmm. I, was really really, really cool. I was really, I was really, I really dug the. Uh, Prince, the Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Yeah, deal, the, the, the engagement photos. Yeah, the engagement yeah. photos. Yeah. yeah. Did uh, you guys get married in those? In those no, clubs? no, no. We did. We just didn't engage because, like, we didn't want to do traditional engagement photos. So, yeah. so we kind of cosplayed, as it were. Up. I uh, love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's Star Wars. Dude, right. But. We did the Han and Leia. We did uh, Peter, Peter Pan. Peter Pan and Wendy, and we did Spider Man and Mary Jane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, so Joey, uh, I, before we. Uh, Wrap it up. I want to talk a little bit about, about Lucha Underground. Yeah, because we missed that. And uh, I saw, like, I saw a picture. Um, a lot of big, big celebrities. Oh, come you mean to Lucha Vavoom? That. That's what I meant. Lucha yeah. Vavoom. I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you, Jim. There we go. Yeah, yeah, Lucha Vavoom. And uh, like, I saw a picture of you with Eric Andre and Rosario yeah. Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Yeah, Robin Dawson. Williams. Robin Williams has been there. Uh, Gerard Butler, Drew Carey. Um, I sat next to Drew Carey when I was there. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Jack Black. Uh, yeah. Are are they fans? Why are they there? I think it's Lucha Vavum has become kind of like a trendy Hollywood kind of hipster. Like, it's my favorite place to wrestle for like the wrong, not the wrong reasons, but like because like there's they sell out every show, right? So they run, you know, that's the right reason. They they run they run four times. They run they do. Uh, Valentine's Cinco de Mayo. They run a summertime show and they run a Halloween show, okay. and they usually run two or three shows at a time. Um, you know, for like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or something around there, and they they sell out. So there's two thousand people, um, and maybe ten percent of them are wrestling fans, and the rest are just people out on the town on dates. You know, like are hipsters because it's a trendy thing. You know, so and you know it's become a celebrity thing too. Like celebrities come and check it out because it's word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's the thing I like about it most is that it's a, again it's a different outlet for wrestling because it's more of a variety act because like it's vaudeville. Yeah, because it's, it's you've got comedians, you've got wrestling, and you've got burlesque dancing. Um, it's kind of a hybrid of all three. Yeah. Um, and what's kind of cool, and again, a, a different take on pro wrestling is that they have these comedians who maybe don't really know pro wrestling doing live mic commentary over your match, right? So you have to be creative enough to 
give them material to talk about with your wrestling or else it's gonna the show's gonna be really awkward and bad because they're not gonna have anything to talk about. Is there any interaction with the with them while they're doing that between um, between the performers? Th- there is, but it's such a large like there's so many people around that it's kind of hard to have like a one on one. Yeah. I mean, we can yell at them and they'll they, they'll talk about us, but we don't we don't necessarily like direct stuff to them, um, especially because they're the back of the stage and yeah. the audience is out here because it's not like a TV thing. It's yeah. not. It's a, a very much a live show. It's like a stage for the burlesque, a ring, and then the commentators. Yeah. Is Cassandro yeah. still a big part of that? No, he no? Had, he hasn't he hasn't been there in a while. Um, you know, he had his. I think he had some knee surgery, knee problems, knee surgery. I don't. Yeah, terrible broken leg. Yeah, situation I don't even know if he's back full time. I know he's probably doing shows again because oh, okay. we all probably against every doctor's order keep wrestling. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know his schedule at this point because of the injuries. Um, but yeah, so um, who runs it? Liz, uh, Liz and Rita. These two. Uh, I mean, Liz does the wrestling. Rita does the burlesque. Just two women. Just they, they started it in two thousand. With anyone else from the industry? Uh, no, no. They just—I mean, like local lucha promoters—and then they—they during the course of their evolution into it, they learned wrestling themselves. Okay. Um, or they learned about the industry themselves. And uh, as they've grown, awesome. like who's gotten behind them as far as handling the business aspect of it? Cassandra booked a lot of it um, when he was there. Uh, uh, the Crazy Chickens, who are also Los Luchas, sure. Um, they they help book a lot. She. Um, uh, Liz t- asks me a lot about um, when they want to bring like female wrestlers in because I actually yeah. I obviously wrestle a lot with female <laughs> wrestlers doing intergender stuff. She always gets my opinion, so she just kind of the wrestlers that she trusts. She'll she'll talk to us about like who would be good for it because we we know too because like again it's it's one of those things where you can't just bring anybody else in or not you you can because people obviously can adapt and learn but you don't want because uh, you try to bring in somebody who doesn't know the show and they either start wrestling for themselves start or like, going into business like, for themselves or like but then that falls flat because like what is a comedian if you're working somebody's leg or working somebody's arm in a match what's a comedian going to talk about you know if you're trying to have a serious yeah. Yeah, you're trying to have like a serious match with like cool technical intricate moves and the comedian has nothing but if you go to hit the ropes and you slip on a banana peel or something then the comedian has tons of things to talk about and you're helping the show so it takes an understanding of the show um, as what the show is to wrestle on the show because you have to understand that like the the audience is again not yeah. very wrestling fan heavy and so they don't really they don't they don't necessarily like they're you're gonna get a big ooze and ahs out of you know doing something funny as you will doing some high sure. spot you know you know what started making me think of is a lot of the the luchadors from Mexico tend to take themselves pretty seriously and when they first show up to a lucha lucha Vavoom show when they're booked. Yeah. How do how do one of those guys hand, like react to the the nature of the show? Um, it, it's actually uh, it's, it's that's actually one of the the better parts of the show is that that even though they don't have to because they already have this built in audience, uh, Liz and Rita they want because they they take using the word lucha yes. in their name very serious, so they bring in stars from Mexico even though they don't have to even though they could maybe go a lot cheaper they could go they could go local they want to bring because they want the it's authentic they want to they want yeah. to make it authentic and those guys um you know a lot of them are repeat so a lot of them know what they're getting into um but or or if you bring in somebody new, you put them with people who know who know the show and can help them. Like, hey, this is this is how it's done here. Any specific examples of somebody not really digging not it? Not expecting it. Um, and you know what? Like, 
it, it's not a guy from Mexico either, and, and, and I don't know if he's going to hear this or not, but like I remember Hardcore Kid, Aaron Aguilera, going oh, on there, yeah. and he did a, a blade job. It was like oh, bleeding, God. and I was like, the audience was like, it was like turning the audience off because they don't want it. Like on his own? I mean, I don't think yeah. he had, yeah, it had to be on Come his own. On. So, like, I, I'm not trying to bury him or anything, like, but he, it was one of those things where, like, it was turning the audience off because they're not wrestling. They, don't, they yes. think they, we need to call a doctor. You know, they, that's their <laughs> mindset. You know, like, you're bleeding. Can we stop this wrestling so we can get you help? Um, so uh, that's one specific example. And I don't mean to call Aaron out like that, but um, it was just that's not the show for it. Um, right. I was, more, I was more thinking along the lines of somebody going, wait a minute, you want me to do what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, um, you know, I don't, I don't really wrestle. I mean, I've done a few main events there. They always put the luchas last, the big yeah. lucha names last. Um, I've done a few main events there, but for the most part, uh, they kind of keep those guys together. And they like, I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't really cross over that. I'm usually like second or third on. Um, so uh, yes, I, I don't really know any personal experiences um, in that in that effect. But I think a lot of those guys, though, I think keeping it traditional lucha to helps the make authentic too so like you know by the end of the show so you know it's 21 and over it's 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 there's alcohol everywhere everyone's drinking um you know and then everybody like so the first so intermission everyone kind of stops drinking because they want to sober up so they can drive home i guess maybe a little less now that uber's so popular but uh uh so by the time they get to that main event they're a little bit more they're not like they're not so like they don't need comedy yeah. heavy to be entertained. They they can see like the cool lucha moves and kind of like maybe if you're drunk you don't really appreciate as much as when you're sobering up a little bit. Like oh that was a really intricate and cool move. So I think keeping like the lucha guys on last is really a beneficial to the show yeah. overall. You know, and it's it's like I said they've been doing it since 2002, so they've like come up with a system that works. You yeah. know, and they 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 know how to book the show from beginning to end. And they've toured with this a little bit. Yeah, they they and it's again it's up to it's really because it, every time everywhere we go it's sold out and they you know they've done Japan they've done Australia mm. they've done Canada they've done the East Coast they they go to Chicago they used to go to Chicago every year they didn't last year but um it, it's kind of just up to Liz and Rita how much they want to travel and put into it because it's going to sell out everywhere it's such a unique show um, but it's 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 just it's these two women like kind of small business running it themselves. I love uh, to hear that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I've so always wondered how that so it's not like a, thing got started. It's not like a corporation that's going to like take it on the road. It's yeah. it's how much uh, work these two women uh, who have very successful independent jobs of their own want to put into it. You know, and a lot of times it comes down to um, if they want to like if they want to go to Europe, yeah. they'll. They'll commission the show, and they'll get other people to pay for their trip to Europe. I wonder, kind of thing. That, I wonder if anyone's ever offered to buy them out. Well, wasn't there rumors of doing like a Vegas show? Yeah, a Vegas, a Vegas company was. Uh, they wanted to bring like a nightly show to yeah. to one of the casinos. Um, uh, they also um, there was a Comedy Central wanted to do a TV show about it. Do you think that it's something that that would be uh, conducive to a TV show, though? I don't know. I think it's very much a live experience because, yeah. like. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It's. I think it's a lot better when there's alcohol. About like, if you're gonna sit down and watch it on TV, and it's like, it's gonna kind of maybe lose a little bit of its novelty. Um, Do you know what happened with that Comedy Central? Um, I think from what I this was quite a few years ago. I think they um, they couldn't come to terms on money. I think. So they were considering. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. I think, and I think I think it actually came down to Liz and Rita turning it down because the money they thought they. Uh, maybe Comedy Central was offering too little. I see. So, if 
if a big company came in and purchased Lucha Bavoom, yeah, and they wanted to have somebody else, you know, be the creative brain trust behind everything, like how would it go without without those two ladies? Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it would it would depend on who, because obviously, yeah. like people, some people get it. Uh, but I, I, again, I think it's a very it's it's something that's evolved over time, and it's very specific and it's very like alive very much a live show and yeah. you know i can't see a big company being coming in i mean you could take it as a touring actor it could be a vegas show um you know it could be something like that but i don't think it's uh you know like a wwe brand or a tna brand you know i don't think it's something like that would work for it but uh well i'm thinking more along the lines of like uh kenneth feld Productions, right. you know, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. kind of a touring thing but that i was just one yeah I you mean, know when when somebody is you know the heart and soul of something. Sure, and sure. Then, you know, a lot of people think they can come in and just buy it and yeah. just produce it on a mass on a big scale. And you know what else? Scale. You know what else about about Liz and Rita is they're very um, loyal. So like we don't change out wrestlers very often um, or bring in new wrestlers very often unless it's a necessity because it's like a, and or burlesque dancers for that matter. It's like the same crew almost every time because you get to it's almost like a family. It's the most family. F- like feel of any wrestling yeah. locker room I've been in because they like and so like when you get to a point where that it's becomes they become like your family and you're loyal to them and you do stuff you know you go out of your way for them and you do stuff for them because you want the family to grow together yeah. so if you bring in someone else who's like maybe not doesn't have that same family feeling it might lose a little the, the talent itself might sure. start producing less you know sounds like it's very different to work for these two women who are not necessarily wrestling promoters. I mean, it sounds like you have a much different uh, relationship and interactions with them as you would maybe some other indie promoters. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they're, they're very much friends first and then like, you know, and that who happened to like give me money to do this wrestling thing. But they, they're <laughs> friends first, first. I mean, if they, st- if they're like, Hey, we're closing up shop. I wouldn't, I would still talk to them all mm-hmm. the time, you know, Aww. Joey, what's, what's next? Uh, children? Children? Oh, maybe. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I guess that's going to be... I want to ask Laura about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be up to Laura. Um, no, but, you know, professionally. Uh, yeah. Um, professionally, um, you know, I... It's... I stop. I kind of stopped planning for the future. Not. I mean, I've always got stuff in mind, and I'm always booking myself out, and I've got ideas of where I want to go and things I want to do. But, you know, when I... When all the viral video happened, and then you know Lucha Underground happened, like that, all that stuff was just kind of not random, but it was just like it just happened, and you know I just kind of wrote it. I just became like a yes, like you know, like the Jim Carrey movie Yes Man, where like I'm gonna say yes to everything, no matter yes. what. Um, uh, and then so, and then that's taken me in a direction that I didn't plan. And I'm, I'm really happy now, and and you know I'm you know I'm I'm really confident in my success and where I'm going. So. I mean, Lucha Underground, I, as long as it goes, it's, I love working there. It's local to me. You know, I don't have to get on a plane. I get on a lot of planes. Lucha Underground, I don't have to get on a plane. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, I, you know, so as long as that's going to run, I'm going to stay with it as long as I can, um, as long as they, they want me. Um, and then I'm going to keep doing the independent stuff and, uh, you know, keep traveling and, you know, going to Japan, DDT, and just... I'm going to live it up as long as I can, you know, as long as my body holds up and you know, as long as I can, you know, like Last hopefully I'll get as, I'll get as many, much mileage out of Sean Scotton. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you don't end up beat up as I do though, uh, Joey. You're Dang. still, you're still busy though. You're booked everywhere. Yeah, I think we're know. doing a show in Europe together coming up. Again, oh yeah. Like, IPW. Are we yeah, on that I think, together? I think we're on London? that together. And then London? we got the, the cow palace coming up that you're on. Yeah. So like, 
day six at the Cow Palace. I, so I'm still seeing you everywhere. So you can't fool me into thinking that you're you're, right. you're taking time off. You're still out there working. Well, there's like last story. We had this tag match and for APW yeah. up in the Bay Area, yeah. and I was like originally like to try to have it a singles you and me, and I I just don't do singles anymore. And I still and God, bless, I, God bless you for being able to make that call, I like still, being able to make that demand. God bless you. <laughs> I just I yeah. I have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there was one match that I could have had. Uh, it could have been a singles match, and that was that match with you. I. After being in the ring with you and and doing what we did, I'm like, oh man, we could have, I could have, I could have gotten through this one with you. Did you hear that? <laughs> I, well, I, I, no, no. Open Joey. up your wallets and book that shot. No, I've told you this story before, and I hope you don't mind me telling it on the air here. Um, when XPW had its reunion show, um, it was 2008 or nine or ten. I don't know. So you had just gone through some stuff. Yeah. I, I won't. I won't go deep into what stuff you were in, but you hadn't been in the ring in a while, yeah. and you were I was dealing like with two hundred and forty pounds. You were dealing with a lot cut. of personal personal yes. issues, and you came in to do this XPW show, and we were in a six on opposite opposite sides of a six man tag, and before the match, you came up to me and and you said, "Hey, I want to work with you in this match because I trust you to not you know to make me look good and you know to, to carry me through this." And for you to to say that. You, you trust me to carry you was, was it was mind blowing at the time, and it's probably one of the top five, maybe top three compliments I've ever gotten Thanks, in wrestling. Man. And guess what? You did. You did exactly what I said you could do. You yeah. helped me through that, man. Because yeah. I wasn't in any kind of shape, and uh, and yes, I had just gone through a one of the. I mean, I can't even imagine how much lower a person can get than where I had been recently at that point. But um, luckily. Things are well. Not luck. Luck didn't have much to do with it. It was yeah. a lot of hard work. Things are better now. So, uh, yeah, Joey, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, in. I'm pretty sure you know I'm a huge fan of yours. Right? Oh, well, <laughs> that's what that means. I mean, when 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 wrestlers that I looked up to tell me that, you know, like that's 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 probably the best part of it's wrestling. The best thing there. It's yeah. one of the best things there is. Yeah, yes, it's absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Before we let you go, why does Cody Rhodes' dog hate you so much? Uh, I think Cody Rhodes' dog is better now because I shaved my – I used to have a big beard. I think it didn't like the beard. And so then I, uh-huh. when I shaved the mustache to, – so me, like me and Cody, actually, not, if, if we've got a second here. Yeah. Of course oh, yeah. we do. Me, so, so Cody moved to L.A. His, Brandy's trying to get into some acting. Cody's doing a little bit of acting himself. He lives 10 minutes from me. So we, we hang out sometimes. We, we have another friend, Zacho, that we get together on Tuesday. Zacho is never watched WCW in his life. So we get together and we do these, what we call WCW Tuesdays, where we like make him watch a WCW pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so last night, I told him, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know I've got to, because I had that stuff I had to do earlier today. And yeah. then I, you know, I told him, like, oh, i got a busy day, so I can't stay so late. And I told him I was going to come do your podcast and, or your, your After Buzz. And, uh, um, and so we were watching, I want to say Great American Bash 97 or maybe 98, one of those. And like the, it's, it's Hall and Nash against, uh, I think, Flair and Piper. And the finish is you come out and Flair chases you to the back and they make this, and leaving Piper to get beat yes. up by the outsiders and lose. And Shivani's making this big deal about like, where did Flair go? And like, it was clearly just, he just chased you out. But Shivani's like, well, we, we're gonna we're gonna get something. We're gonna investigate to find out what happened to Flair. And so, uh, so Cody and our friend Zacho said, ask Sean what happened to Flair. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to 
flare. Oh, God. <laughs> because, I mean, clearly, clearly it was just like a chase you out spot. And then you guys sure. got to the back and like got a sip of water and, and, and sat down. But like, never, yeah. but, 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 like, no one but Shivani made this big deal about like what happened to Flair and it's like he just chased six off. Like that's it. That's end of spot leaving Piper alone in the ring to get beat up by the outsiders. I, I, I wish I could tell you, yeah. Joey. I, yeah. I know. I mean, I'll I, tell Cody in private but yeah. I'm not telling you. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Flair? <laughs> Well, before we let you go, I know you already have a big following, but why don't you tell everybody out there where to hit you up online and all that good stuff? Camera here? Uh, Yeah, there we go. There we are. Uh, Cameraman, zoom in. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm pretty social media friendly. I post all my stuff on Twitter, all the shows I'm going to be at. My Twitter's at Joey Ryan online. because there's an at Joey Ryan already, who's some singer songwriter who, Ugh, yeah, who has the at Joey. Ryan. But I was able to get at Joey Ryan for uh, Instagram. I beat him to that, so I have the at Joey Ryan Instagram. But on Twitter, I'm at Joey Ryan online, and of course, I have Facebook. And I'm, I, I'm pretty good about posting flyers and and keeping the show info of where I'm going to be and everything. And you know, especially my pro wrestling tea store, prowrestlingtees.com slash Joey Ryan. You know where you can buy all your Joey Ryan T-shirts and, and uh, you got some good ones. You yeah, got a new action figure coming out. I do have a, yeah, company, I've, got, I've got some new merchandise coming company. out. Um, yeah, um, figures. Uh, they're doing a Joey Ryan action figure, which Who's is going to come. At, um, figures toy company. Oh, figures nice. toy company's doing a Joey Ryan action figure that's coming out. That's exciting. Um, I've got um, new line of baby oil products <laughs> coming out. I, I, I actually, I'm actually getting some uh, lapel pins uh, made because you know of Joey Ryan brand. Uh, um, a comic book is being made of me um, um, through the same people that did the Lucha Underground comic stuff, uh, but it's going to be Joey Ryan specific. Um, so I've got some merchandise, different different ideas, different avenues, and you have to when you're independent. And you're you're trying to make that you know you try to supplement your income without you know having shopzone.com pushing your merch for you. You know you got to have you got to have that. So uh, yeah, but like all that stuff is all over my Twitter. So. We will check it out. We'll follow you. And while you guys are there at Pro Wrestling Tees, make sure you head on over to Sean Waltman's store also and get your X-Pac 12360 shirts. Get one of each. Get two of each. And send us photos of you wearing them, please. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash X-Pac 12360 show, or on Instagram, follow us at X-Pac 12360. You'll see lots of behind-the-scenes stuff and info on who will be our next guest next week. So make sure you check that out. You can always follow me at Christy Reports. I love to hear from you. And Jim, both I want to reach out to you where do they do that follow me on twitter at jimbo in the booth buy my documentary the young bucks two street journey at highspots.com also get your tickets for the click reunion at Ooh. show clicks that's c-l-i-x.com tier one only has 20 available seats so get them before they go also check out sean at the cow palace may 6th well joey ryan for apw well joey's yeah. in the main event of that you know. oh, main event against cody Rhodes in a cage, the right? cage match yeah yeah nice thank you Ooh. joey no dogs allowed no dogs allowed. I might be Stardong, though. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, Stardong. Yeah, anyways. It might have to be Stardong. Right. I love it. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week right here on X-Pac 12360. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, show producer Jimbo Frank, managing editor of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Christy Olsen, and managing producer of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Mark Medonica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPOC and email us at xpoc12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!